Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And today we are going to be doing a whole episode, Solo Dolo, one of my faves, about anxiety because it is like the most common thing that you guys message me about on Instagram, answer to Q&A stickers, and I just feel like I'm obviously someone who's had a lot of issues with anxiety. It's been a big part of my mental health journey, and I've come a really, really long way, but I feel like we haven't really done just like a whole episode just about anxiety. It always comes up in a Q&A, but I figured we'd just kind of talk about my anxiety and the things that I do that really make me able to live a healthy and happy life and just dive into all that kind of stuff, stuff that's going to make you feel good. It's going to be a mood booster. I know that sometimes when I hear the word anxiety or I hear someone talk about them being anxious and stuff like that, it almost makes me have a little bit of anxiety. Um, so it will be a mood booster, I promise. And we will dive into it. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. So, of course, on par with today's current mood convo topic, my worst mood was a shit ton of anxiety. And I know that, you know, we always say that sometimes that is our worst mood. And I say our because I feel like I'm talking to you guys when I record. But I know I've had a lot of worse moods of anxiety lately, but it's always different. You know, it always wears a different mask. It always presents itself in a different way. And this was definitely one worst mood of anxiety that was definitely more like very fearful but also very doubtful and I I feel like I um I get a lot of anxiety when I doubt myself and when I don't value myself and that is something that I really need to work on and it's something that's really truly my kind of like next thing I really have to focus on in my own journey because I've done so much with my anxiety and depression and I really understand it but the one thing I can't wrap my head around is like that I am valuable and that I am worthy and that I am allowed to have needs and boundaries and et cetera, et cetera. And therefore that causes anxiety when those feelings come up of insecurity. And so I was feeling very just overwhelmed with anxiety and uncertainty because I wasn't believing in myself and I wasn't valuing myself and being confident. And so that was like obviously a really big bummer and a worse mood. And it kind of, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit in current mood convo because it definitely like interfered with my daily activities, um, which anxiety can do sometime. But my best mood is honestly, it's that these feelings and these moods they they become shorter and shorter so my best mood is that I really handled it you know like I I did what I needed to do whether it was honoring my feelings or going to therapy both of which I did and I'm just really proud of myself that I was able to kind of see a situation differently and 
think about it differently and talk to my therapist and, you know, not go too far down the rabbit hole of anxiety into like a depression or just like really, really bad. I definitely was able to turn it around. And so my best mood is that I'm really proud of myself because I think there's a lot of change in my life right now. And there's a lot of things that just keep coming up. And I'm really proud that I'm been able to handle it. Not, you know, like with ease necessarily, but pretty gracefully, I would say. Speaking of change, you guys know that I just moved into my new apartment, which obviously is one of my mood boosters. And what I need to go do now is get onto public goods. If you don't know what public goods is, it's the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. They have everything from coffee to toilet paper, shampoo, pet food. Public Goods is your new everything store, and it's thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer because rather than you buying a bunch of like single product brands, Public Goods members can buy everything, all of their premium essentials, all in one place with a beautiful, streamlined aesthetic, and they search the globe to find clean, healthy eco-friendly and innovative products so you can feel good about the products you're using they're ethically sourced and they're like obsessively developed by the team at public goods and so you can trust them you know it's going to look good it's like literally they have everything and I think that knowing what's in your products and where they come from is super super important and honestly the small changes in the way we shop can really make a big impact on our personal health and obviously the world at large And so they use the membership model to keep costs low and pass on even more savings to their customer. And best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. I worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners to receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They they are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. Plus, right now, receive your choice of either a free pack of bamboo straws or reusable food storage wraps with your order. I got the bamboo straws, FYI. So honestly, you have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com mood or use code mood at P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash mood to receive $15 off your first order. So obviously, mood booster, apartment, public goods, because I am just really loving, like, I think the best way to describe my mood booster this week is like simplicity. I kind of posted it on Instagram and I'm just feeling, especially after the year we've all had, that it's like, I don't need a lot of things that I don't need. And I just want to keep it simple. I want to keep it clean and fresh. I just, I love that I have a new space and I'm not like crowding it immediately with stuff. I just have the essentials. I have everything just kind of in a very calming aesthetic and just keeping it simple and focusing on, you know, what I'm grateful for instead of just like things I think I need that I don't, you know? So I literally keep going to Target because I so don't care about having so much stuff that I keep forgetting like things I actually need, just like wipes or paper towel. My friend had to bring me toilet paper and paper towel yesterday because that's how much I'm like, oh, I don't need anything. And then I like go to the bathroom and I'm like shaking it, shaking it like a Polaroid picture. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I really just love keeping it simple, focusing on like spending time with people and like doing things that make me feel good instead of just like buying and buying and buying things, which is obviously very different from my personality and making me run around a little bit more because I keep forgetting to buy things that I need. But ultimately, it's more just about the space and the environment. It's just having this like clean aesthetic that's fresh and new is absolutely such a freaking mood booster. 
I have to say a big mood booster for me the past few weeks. I know I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but it really is just working out. I don't know what it has gotten into me, but like I go to the gym now and this has been consistent since I got back to Chicago, which is crazy. Like usually I have to go to a class and have someone yell at me and tell me what to do. And I think it's a mood booster because I'm just doing it on my own. Do I need to watch videos while I do it? Yes. I either watch the morning toast or I watch Cody Co. or I watch something on Hulu. It makes the workout go by faster, but I just, I love getting up and working out and just literally sweating my ass off. I don't know what it is, but like I need to be dripping in sweat and like doing abs and being on the treadmill and then I can go on with my day or else I just feel really gross. Who am I? I'm like an active queen. I don't know her, but I like her. I'm okay with it. It's really such a big mood booster. And then my final mood booster has just been reading because I have been reading so much. I read The Last Thing He Told Me. I read Malibu Rising. I'm reading a new book called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole Para or no, Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist on Instagram. And I think like the mood booster is honestly... I don't know if it's just because like when you get out of the groove with your Kindle, like it's hard to go back and I've been using book of the month. So like I have the hardcover books. So I just went out and bought a couple hardcovers and I don't have them on me. So I forgot what they are, but I posted them on Instagram and I'm really excited to dive into them. I think it's like reading is so weird. I don't know what it is. Also, I can hear a siren and it's because I'm a city girl now. So I mean, I don't know what else to tell you guys. So honestly, this week's mood boosters are just really simple. It's just finally getting into a clean space in a clean environment to be able to like recharge and restart. I feel really, really excited about it. I feel like obviously very tired from moving and doing it all myself. I didn't have movers. Me and my little brother just did it and then had some deliveries. But I feel like really good vibes and good energy where I'm at. But I know I need to like rest and recharge. So I'm going to honor that or else I will like burn out just from like not balancing work, life, personal, mental health kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because everyone always talks about work-life balance, but it's like, I feel like life is always like doing things and it's, you know, you don't think about like mental health when you think about work-life balance. I don't know. Maybe you do. I just feel like I need to focus on it a lot. So maybe it's not for everyone. Have you ever had someone come up to you and say, you smell amazing. What perfume are you wearing? (laughs) I know I have. Sorry. Not to brag, but I have. With Scentbird, I found a way to have great taste and mix up my fragrance routine without breaking the bank. If you don't know what Scentbird is, Scentbird is a fragrance subscription service that gives you the opportunity to shop from over 600 brands. It's flexible. It's a flexible subscription service. You can skip any month without penalties. And they just let you choose a new designer fragrance to try every single month for such for just $16. You literally just choose from one of their amazing designers. They have Prada, Gucci, Versace, as well as like indie labels, like Confessions of a Rebel, which some of my friends love. You literally just choose the perfume you want to try and they'll send you a 30-day supply. I mean, some bottles of perfume can cost anywhere from $150 to $500 even more. And Scentbird has amazing brands that cost that much that you can just pick for your subscription service. I absolutely love Scentbird, especially for being on the go. It's so easy to toss in my bag. I love switching up my scent based on the season, based on my mood. Obviously, hello, name of the podcast. But it's true. Like, if I want to feel, like, fun and flirty, I do a certain perfume. But if I want to feel, like, cool and sexy, I do a different one. So this helps me try so many new scents and find different ones for different moods. So I know I said it was $16, but... (laughs) 
I have an exclusive offer just for my listeners, and you can get 30% off your first month today. That's only $11 to find your first fragrance. Go to Semper.com and use my code MOOD for 30% off. Again, that's S-C-E-N-T bird.com for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just $11. Sign on. Smell amazing. Okay, let's jump into everything anxiety. So if you've been following me for a while, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know anxiety is one of my very best friends, definitely in the inner circle, definitely spend a good chunk of time together. However, you know, we've lost touch a bit, you know, like we just kind of pop in and in and out of each other's life when we feel like it. I'll stop the metaphor now. I don't want to confuse you guys. But what I'm trying to say is like my anxiety used to be debilitating, like to the point where I used to simply not be able to sleep, not be able to function. I would convince myself of the craziest thing, things that weren't true because like I just couldn't separate what was reality and what like my mind was telling me because you know sometimes you look up and you say oh the sky is blue and like I had so much anxiety that I would be like well is it blue like maybe it's maybe it's green and I would be able to convince myself it was green obviously that's not an actual example that's just the one I'm using so like it, it wasn't about the sky, but you know, you get it. So years ago, I can't even keep track now, at least five, six years ago, I obviously started therapy. I started going to a psychiatrist because my anxiety was so bad. My therapist rec- recommended me to go get professional medication help. I've been on anxiety medication ever since. I take it every single night and I have kind of messed around with the dose a little bit. I've tried a few different medications. Obviously, I was medicated in high school as well. I didn't like the medicine I was on. I stopped it. Obviously, I needed to go back on it. And I don't think it's something to be embarrassed of. I don't think it's something to be ashamed of. If you have a cold, you take medicine. If you have a disease, you take medicine. And no one cares. So I don't think it's that big of a deal that you take medicine for something in your brain. And You know, I think that a lot of people think that the goal of taking anxiety medication is to get off of it. However, I I don't necessarily feel that way in a sense of like if something's helping me, why would I stop? Obviously, if something changes, of course, I can go off of it. But that's like saying like, oh, working out is, you know, making me so fit. Like, but the goal is to never have to work out again. Like you, you have to do the work. You have to you know, take your meds, go to therapy. It's not something that's just like a one-off fix unless obviously you have situational depression, situational anxiety. Maybe it's not necessarily an actual mental disease, mental illness for you, chronic. Every single person is different. Some people are on meds. Some people aren't. Some people go to therapy. Well, okay, I'm not even going to do that one because I really do think everyone should go to therapy. But some people go once a week and some people go once a month or whatever it is, you know? So every single person is different. Obviously, there are the basic things of anxiety that we all know. There's a difference between anxiety and stress. We know that stress is a reaction. So let's say you get an email and you feel that kind of like physical tension or your heart is racing or like you kind of start freaking out a little bit. That's stress. You're reacting to something. It's a stressful situation. And there's always a healthy amount of stress. If you don't have any stress in your life and a healthy amount, you don't really have productivity or motivation. Not to say not to say that you need negative things to motivate you, but it's just, it's a natural thing. Stress is completely natural and it helps us get things done. It helps us kind of, you know, react because stress is a reaction to something. And anxiety is, you know, when there is fear of things that haven't happened yet. So 
it's not like you got an email and you're reacting to it. You're afraid that you're going to get an email, even though you have not yet. And anxiety is, you know, obviously a mental illness or a mental disease when it interferes with your daily activities. So stress not, isn't necessarily debilitating you. It's not necessarily making you uh, not be able to work. If it gets chronic and it gets past that healthy stress line and it turns into fear and anxiety, sure, of course. But that's why I'm saying there's, there's two different things. And I think a lot of times when I'm stressed, I start thinking I have anxiety. And so I think the reason I always kind of split the two away is because I think it's important to not overlabel my anxiety because not everything is my anxiety. I had to, now that I'm so aware of it and have so many tools, it's really important for me to not make things bigger. So if I automatically label something as anxiety, it's going to get worse because I think it's anxiety. I'm going to start spiraling and it's going to get worse. But if I just kind of really think about how I'm feeling and I'm like, I'm just stressed, I can do this, then I don't have to spiral and my anxiety doesn't have to come in because I'm thinking a little bit more logically for a second. And so obviously I've been in therapy for a few years now consistently. And it's something that has really taught me to look inward and to kind of do the work on my own because it really requires a lot of work from yourself. And I think that's like the main thing that I've learned is that I have to learn the tools from therapy and, but I have to apply them in my own life. And I always joke with my therapist. I always think, what would Rebecca say? And she always laughs that like, I like hear her voice in my head or like think of that because you know, we're just two silly gals that talk on Monday night, but it's true. I'm like, it, it really is helpful too. Cause it almost like takes yourself out of it because if you're not able to really take yourself out of it, which I am a lot, I think of what she would say. Cause then that really makes me get serious. I'm like, okay, now let's, now let's put, you know, like the principal at the front. What would that person say to you? Like, that's a little like intimidating. Right. And I always know that my therapist is going to call me out on my bullshit. So I kind of think of her in my mind. But it really is a combination of obviously the medication, the consistent therapy, and the desire to be better. And I think the desire to be better comes from those moments where I don't have anxiety. And I think that's where I'm kind of at right now, where it really is such a shitty mood when I'm having all this anxiety and I start spiraling because I know how amazing it is to feel happy. I know how amazing it is to feel content. And with enough work with, you know, years now of work, I have a lot of those moments. And so I think that it can be really scary when you go back into one of your anxiety states, because it's that, that scary feeling that you don't want to feel. It's like the monster in the closet. But the analogy that, you know, we always use is you're afraid of the monster in the closet, but you've seen the monster in the closet before. So you're afraid of your anxiety. You hate the feeling. It comes up, but you've done this before and you've gotten through it before. And instead of just being afraid of running away or like getting scared, go in the closet, confront the monster, look around, clean it out a little bit, straighten it up. You know how to do that. That's kind of what dealing with your anxiety is, is not letting it kind of take over. You guys know I always say that like feelings come onto you. You are not your feeling. I'm not my anxiety. I'm not my depression. I'm not my worst mood. I'm just me. Those things come onto me. Those things are feelings that come and go and I have to honor them. And a big thing that I think is really, really helpful for me is breaking it down. And that's what I have to do in my daily life. So even like I was saying in my worst mood earlier, or yeah, my worst mood earlier today, how it was like debilitating 
it was just like I had so much anxiety on Sunday. And then Monday morning I woke up and it was still there. And that's one of those like shitty things where you're like, oh, fuck, I thought this was just Sunday. God damn it. And so then you're like, okay, we got this. Let's try to do some mood boosters. And sometimes it, you know, you really have to deal with it because it's that debilitating. And what I do is I break it down. I really think, okay, what am I feeling? Like genuinely, what am I feeling? I try to focus like physically and emotionally. I'm like, I'm feeling really anxious. My chest is tight. I feel exhausted. Like my body feels weak. And then I kind of think, okay, what am I thinking? What, what is the actual thought process going through my mind right now? Like, is it, does it even make sense? Is it gibberish? Like, what am I like really genuinely thinking about? Or am I thinking, is my thinking actually related to how I'm feeling or not? Because sometimes when I think about it, I'm like, I don't know why I feel this way. And you know, you have to always challenge yourself of like, no, you do know why, like you are in control. Like you do know why. And when you really challenge yourself, you're like, okay, well, I guess my chest is tight because, you know, I have people coming over later and I know that I'm late on this and I know that I really need some time to myself and I'm a little overwhelmed. Okay. So what can you actually do about it? What is happening in your life actually right now? Okay. Well, yeah, people are coming over and you are late on stuff, but it's actually not that big of a deal because it's only this time in the afternoon and you're actually da-da-da. And it's it's hard to do without an, like a real example, but it always goes, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What is happening in my life right now actually? So when I was you know feeling shitty on Monday, I was like, what is happening right now actually? And nine times out of 10, it's gonna be nothing. And I was feeling extremely insecure and extremely fearful of things that haven't even happened yet. And when I think of what's happening in my life right now, actually, is I, everything's actually good. Nothing bad has happened. Yeah, of course, something bad might happen. Something bad might always happen. But you're not a psychic. You can't predict that. What is actually happening right now? Nothing bad. Everything is actually okay. Everything is actually fine. If something happens, you will cross that bridge when you get to it. And so once you kind of really just break that down, you always have to think, is there anything I can do right now that will make me feel better? Is there anything that I can do right now to honor my feelings? Is there anything I can do right now instead of just feeling like shit and spiraling and making it worse? And that's when you rely on your mood boosters. That's when you rely on how you honor your feelings. Self-care looks different for everyone. One of my things that I have to do, just whether it's the way I'm wired or I don't know what it is, I have to close my eyes and I have to sleep. I know some people meditate. Some people need to go outside for a walk. Some people need to just walk away in general. Something I need to do is I need to be alone. I need no one to talk to me. I need to lay down with a blanket over me and I need to sleep. It is just, it is, it's how I am. Like I can't even like do it without a blanket over me. I don't know what it is. That is my self-care. And to some people, it might seem lazy. It might seem stupid. It might be like, oh, just go outside and get a walk or like go and do drink some water. If I'm debilitated by anxiety and I'm exhausted, I need to sleep. And that's nobody's fucking business. So make a choice. And the key word here is do not shame yourself. Do not shame yourself for the choice you make. You make a choice You logically make a choice after going through what am I feeling, what am I thinking, what is happening right now in my life actually, what can I do instead of feeling anxious and spiraling, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to make my choice, and I'm not going to shame myself. That little system has saved me from so many things in my life of just 
even reacting out of fear or doing something out of fear or making a bad choice because I haven't like grounded myself first. And I, I really have to kind of stop and pause and logically challenge my anxiety on a daily basis. Sometimes it does get so bad that, you know, I obviously have to take the nap. And something that helps me too is like, you know, I know when I'm going to talk to my therapist and I have those people that I can call. And so when I made my choice on Monday to lay down and take a nap, what I do is I don't shame myself, especially too, of like, oh, there's other things that I should be getting done right now. No one has ever died because I didn't send an email back. No one has ever died because I didn't post on Instagram. Like, everyone's fine without me. Like, just task-wise, okay? Like, I'm not, like, let's not get dark. But everyone's going to be fine. The world is going to keep on spinning. And I'm going to get it done. But I'm going to get it done better if I actually honor this feeling right now and close my eyes and everyone stops talking to me for, like, an hour. I ended up sleeping for, like, two and a half hours on Monday. Like, your body just doesn't, like, sleep like that unless you're fucking exhausted. And that's why it's honoring your feelings. And it's not shaming yourself, feeling guilty, judging yourself, making it into something that it's not. That's what anxiety is for, making something into something it's not. It a, has a beautiful job of doing that. And I've started to recognize the different masks my anxiety puts on. And, you know, you still have to challenge them and think logically. And it's easier when it's a mask you're familiar with, when it's just anxious about something that always makes you anxious, right? When you have social anxiety and you're going to a party, you know that drill. You've done it before. You've had that social anxiety before. You've gone to the party. This is just a different party. That is easier. You know, that's not debilitating. That's something where I have different tools of like, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to do something to make me feel good. I'm going to make sure I arrive with a friend. I'm going to make sure I feel good about where we're going. Like, those are the, like, the not stupid, but, you know, my sense of humor is shitty. Those are the, I keep wanting to say stupid. Those are the stupid fucking little things that I have to do because I have social anxiety. Like, no, I don't want to show up somewhere alone where I don't know anyone because I don't fucking have to. You're going to come with me or I'm going to figure out a different solution. Don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on the anxiety. Focus on the solution. Challenge it. How can you call it out? Can you say, oh, this is just anxiety. This isn't real because that sometimes even works for me because that's how many tools I have. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that, this is just anxiety. It doesn't, it's not real. I don't have to deal with this right now. I'm going to focus on something else. But every anxiety is different every single day. And I've obviously gotten to a place where I can manage it and I can handle it. I can challenge it. I can honor it. I can work on it. And, you know, anxiety is smart. It's masking itself differently. It knows that what I need to work on right now is loving myself and valuing myself. And so when other people love me, my anxiety comes in and it says, are you sure? Are, are you sure? How do you know? What if something happens? What if they go away? What if, what if they actually don't? And those are things that are really scary to me because I really believe that they could be true. And what I'm saying is those are the things right now, years ago, it could have been anything that wasn't actually real or about my personality or about my insecurities it was just so big and it was so scary and it was so bad so now I'm at this point where yeah it comes in and I have to challenge it and maybe take a nap before I have therapy because I'm like oh my god what am I gonna do like can I talk this through right now because I feel crazy and like I need reassurance and then I go through the usual process and it's the same thing it's really just anxiety it's really breaking it down it's using the tools that I know and adore because they make my world go round. And I think the thing that I really love about having tools and having solutions to anxiety is that 
it doesn't affect the other things in my life anymore. It doesn't affect how I treat people. It doesn't affect how I go about work. It doesn't affect like my social life anymore as much. It doesn't affect my relationships. And obviously before it did, because I would say things out of fear, not out of love. If you listen to episodes last week, like that's kind of the same thing, fear versus love. When you have anxiety, you just have fear. You're like just literally operating in fear. And I don't operate in fear anymore. I have fear, but I deal with it in my head internally or with my therapist or with someone that I can just confide in. I don't project, project it onto other people. I don't, I don't use it as the driving force in my life. Feelings aren't facts. Your anxiety is not factual. When you remember that feelings aren't facts, you can start to self-soothe. Even though I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety right now, that's not, that's not, a factual thing, right? It's not actually happening. And it's not discrediting anything. You have to honor your fucking feelings. All it is is saying that your feelings are happening. They're in your life, but they're not driving the bus. You're driving the bus. Tell them to take a back seat and you'll deal with them how you want to deal with them, but you're driving the bus. You're not operating out of a base of fear, anxiety, whatever it is. You can make your own decisions, even though it's really fucking hard sometimes. And I get it. I mean, it took me years of therapy and medication to be able to do things. I mean, I'm convinced that, you know, fear and anxiety definitely played a big part in a lot of the bad relationship stuff I had or bad decisions I made. But you know what? I'm grateful because my anxiety has also served me a lot. And it's not the worst thing. I'm not defined by it. I don't I don't think that it's like the only thing I contribute to the world, but it served me a lot. It's gotten me places. It's, you know, helped me grow. It's helped me learn a lot. It's not the worst thing in the world. It, it challenges me on a daily basis. And right now it's challenging me to live with even more love and love myself. And it's hard and it's scary. And, you know, change is something that makes me really insecure. And my anxiety knows that. And it's coming on to me right now with just, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where, like, where I'm going to be living in a few years. Am I in Chicago forever? What's my life going to look like in my 30s? But guess what? Literally none of those things are happening, and I don't need to know the answers to those questions today. What's happening in my life actually right now is the rest of my to-do list today, my schedule, and I'm going to honor my feelings of, you know what, I'd rather be productive so I can relax in a little bit. I'm not going to think about that shit right now. I'll deal with it when I need to deal with it. You can take a back seat. I'm driving the bus today. Quick break to talk to you guys about HelloFresh. I'm so excited to have my own apartment because I can start my HelloFresh meals again. You guys probably saw me cooking it on YouTube the other day. I made this amazing like chicken cheese sandwich. Oh my God, it was so good. Things I would never make. If you don't know what HelloFresh is, oh my God, it's so easy. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. You didn't know that? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can try their HelloFresh quick and easy meals that are 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and more easy options perfect for your busy lifestyle. They offer so many different kinds, you guys. There's literally something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. 
I absolutely love using HelloFresh. They're super flexible. I've had it delivered to Los Angeles, Chicago, one apartment to another apartment. It's high quality. They have fresh ingredients, and it just shows up right at right at your door. You can see me being a you know big chef over on my YouTube channel because I love HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Mood14 and use code Mood14 for up to 14 meals plus free shipping. Go try it out and have yourself a little mood booster. So basically, that's kind of my little breakdown of many, like a little bit about my anxiety journey, how I deal with it, some of my tools. But I think the thing to remember is that everyone's anxiety is different. I think it's really good to learn about anxiety. I think the biggest thing for me when I was in the worst, darkest like place of anxiety, because when I have such bad anxiety, my anxiety can spiral into depression. And it was so, so, so bad. And the first thing that helped me was learning what anxiety was and how it was working in my brain and what was going on because that made sense to me and it comforted me because it made me feel like, oh my God, it's not me, it's anxiety. Feelings aren't facts. These things aren't actually happen. These things actually might not happen. These things aren't actually going to happen. My fear maybe isn't real. And I did it with a therapist years ago. So I knew it was someone that I can trust. It wasn't just like going online and you know, learning about it, like how people go on like a, what's it called? Doctor? What's the, why am I saying, why am I thinking like WebMD? Is that what it's called? Yeah. WebMD. It's not like WebMD where you're diagnosing yourself with something. It's talking through it with someone and getting professional help and seeking professional help that's specifically tailored to you. Cause then you could really help understand what's going on in your brain. And then once you do that, you know, you can learn more just about yourself and learn what your tools are. And it's served me so well in my life And, you know, as much as I love talking about mental health, you know, obviously everyone's journey is different. So I think that's, you know, something to really look into is the professional stuff because, you know, our brains are so powerful. Our minds are so powerful. You can convince yourself of anything. God forbid you can convince yourself that your fears are real when you could be convincing yourself about all the wonderful things that really are real in your life and could really be real in your life. It's like looking at the world optimistically and hopeful with faith instead of looking at the world with fear and uncertainty and just being terrified. I mean, that's been a big, big shift for me over the past year is just having faith and surrendering. And surrendering allows me to also surrender my anxiety and just kind of turn it over and trust my higher power and my spirituality and my mental health self-care practice and just, you know, kind of keep keep taking steps forward without letting my anxiety hold me back, even though I still have to deal with it. I still deal with it every single day, but at least I'm able to keep stepping forward. I don't sleep all day long. Maybe I need a nap every once in a while. That's my self-care and that's fine. And I'm sure yours is fine too. Make a choice. Don't shame yourself and you're going to get better. There's like so many things. I mean, there's obviously like a million things we could talk about, but that's just what I felt like talking about today. I like talking about things that feel really real and in the moment for me when we talk about moods for solo episodes. And I just had such a crazy anxiety week and it really kind of threw me for a loop, but also it was already kind of on my mind as an episode. So it weirdly all just kind of happened. And so I felt like chatting with you guys about it. And I hope that it didn't give you anxiety. I hope it makes you feel like you too can conquer your anxiety and that you too are not defined by your anxiety and that you're going to be okay because you are. If I can be okay, you can be okay. Who's to say you can't? Like the only person that is going to say you can't be okay is your anxiety. So don't listen. It's a fucking monster in the closet. Go confront it, say whatever, tell it to take a back seat. See ya. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. Make sure to follow on Instagram at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth and follow my personal account, Lauren Elizabeth, of course. A lot of self-promo there. And I really love how much you guys have been loving the latest episodes. So make sure to go and subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast Store and leave a five-star review because I see all, you know, your five-star reviews in my direct messages, but it'd be really helpful and it'd mean a lot to me if you, you know, subscribed, listen on Spotify, listen on Apple, leave a great review. You know, it's not too much to ask, really. But I'll stop asking. Thank you guys so much. Make sure to follow along on a, on all socials, YouTube, and subscribe for more. And I will talk to you guys next week. Have a best mood. Soak up your mood boosters. And I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Bye.